Hi. I missed you guys so freaking much. I want to say thank you to everyone that reached out to me during the hiatus. I appreciated hearing from all of you and do not take it lightly when you take your time out of your day and your life for me. It means so much to me. I am so ready for navigating normal to get back into full swing. Don't forget, we are here on the first and third Tuesdays of every month, and those of you sitting in the back, I am still waiting to hear from you. I'm not a scary, intimidating person. At least I don't think I am. (laughs) During the hiatus, a lot of things were upgraded and streamlined, both online and in real life. Actually, if you follow me over on Instagram, you'll see a lot of reels that I've posted during our time off about redoing the office, which I am setting in right now. And it is so awesome in here, you guys. It's so much warmer and homier. And I've put all this energy into this room, my own energy and my own intentions. And now it's like I can feel it in here. We also finally upgraded our technology. I am slowly, slowly moving into the future. I am not a tech-oriented person whatsoever, so having an actual computer that I purchased is a little bit intimidating, to say the least. But that is not the only new thing that is going on. I also did a little bit of digging around about different platforms and software that may be useful in making navigating normal work with maximum optimization. We now have an updated Koji link, which is where you can find everything navigating normal. It's got our Ko-Fi, it's got all of the social media accounts, and of course the ever-running guest schedule, which has also been updated and reformatted to look just a little bit nicer. So if you want to check that out, if you feel like at some point you might feel inclined to come on and talk, the guest schedule will always be there. All of my contact information will always be there. You can email me. You can text me. You can send me some snail mail if you want. I've got a PO box. I love postcards from all over the place. It's also got our new YouTube. I have been going back through the archives of Navigating Normal and hand-selecting clips to put up on YouTube Reels just to help reach more potential listeners, more survivors, more people that just want to be here and join in the discussion. So if you get a chance, if you could just go check out the YouTube page, hit subscribe just to help out my algorithms, I'd really appreciate it. There's also some other creative endeavors that I'm thinking about embarking on over there, but all in due time. I also want to announce that we have hit 1,000 downloads. And I know 1,000 isn't really a lot, especially having already done two seasons, but I want you to consider that I don't know any of you. There's very few people that I've met in real life that know that the podcast exists, let alone listens to it. So when I say I've had a thousand downloads, that means that I have reached into the void and somehow connected to you guys. And that is, that is just so cool. I don't take it for granted and I appreciate it 
It's a huge accomplishment and it's really helped me. Walking into season three, I feel so much more confident. I have a podcast. I am a podcaster. This is something I do and I'm not going to stop doing it. I have even more things I want to share with you guys. So walking into season three of Navigating Normal, all the confidence. (laughs) And today I want to talk about my experience over the holidays. I got a bit reminiscent and I experienced a lot of ambiguous grief, which is probably normal for anyone around the holidays. For those of you that don't know what ambiguous grief is, it's a kind of loss where there wasn't really any closure. It can oftentimes refer to when you part ways with someone that you thought was always going to be there. And I don't mean they passed away necessarily. I mean, they just aren't around anymore for whatever reason. This is actually a topic I really wanted to sit down and hit record on while I was away, but time was not my friend and I was busy focusing on my family and other events as it should have been. You see, I've been feeling a lot of ambiguous grief for a former friend of mine. When I first tried recording this episode, I ended up scrapping it because I didn't feel like I had done the situation justice and Frankly, I didn't want you to sit through listening to me rant and throwing out buzzwords and trying to make this super educational. It just seemed to make the whole thing disingenuous, and I don't like throwing information at you like I know something you don't. That's not why we're here. That's not what we're doing. I have to stop trying to make this something that it isn't and trying to be something that I'm not because I don't actually know any more than any of you. So I had this friend, for all intensive purposes, we'll call her Daphne. She was my best friend, my sister and partner in crime for the most part of my drinking escapades before I got sober, which was my late 20s. She was the aunt my daughters didn't really have since I hadn't talked to my mother's family or my siblings, and it's been over five years now. She even got my kids presents on holidays. We would drive around aimlessly for hours solving all the world's problems. We stayed up all night drinking wine in her kitchen, dancing like no one was watching at these hole-in-the-wall karaoke bars. Daphne and I were fun, unstoppable. We were almost the same person, only She knew everyone and everywhere. This is something I was pretty envious of. It seemed like this would go on forever. Like, that was just my life. Hang out with the kids, have a lot of fun with them, and then when they were away, Daphne and I would just go on an adventure until they got back. Until she saw someone that she wanted that was not hers. Before I could really digest what was happening, our time together shifted. We were having these planned run-ins at the grocery store in the middle of the night, making a point to go to certain bars we never used to spend time at, and I was even greatly encouraged to date someone out of her own convenience. 
this is something that females in general need to stop doing. It's actually a really long side rant that I could go off on. So let's just say ladies, just because you like someone and think that their friend would look super cute with your friend doesn't mean that you should be shipping them. And just because your friend isn't interested, or even if she's only partially interested, that doesn't mean that you have the right to lash out or pressure her in any way. This isn't the only example I've had of this, and Daphne is not the only person guilty of this in my life, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, I could probably make a whole episode about it if you want. We could talk about peer pressure and people-pleasing and relationships forming just to make other people happy. Yeah, that could be a whole episode. So eventually Daphne won her heart's desire and I started to realize that generally speaking, Daphne always got what she wanted, even if it led her to things that she didn't want. Her family even bought her a house as a graduation present, I found out. Who gets their kid a house as a present for finishing high school? I actually know of like three people at least in this town who received houses as a present for receiving a high school diploma. Is that not absurd to you? It seems absurd to me. I don't know. After that, Daphne got a bit more erratic after her triumph, or it just became more apparent to me. And everything came to a head when I met up with her to celebrate our birthdays. See, our birthdays were so close together that we always made a big deal out of it. I mean, we could be the center of attention for a very long time just because it was our birthday. It lasted for days. On my actual birthday, we weren't out for too long before Daphne was already arranging for an after party. She had actually been out longer than me. I had met up with her. And after parties weren't usually my cup of tea, but it was for our birthdays, so I guess I was going to make an exception to go somewhere besides her house or my house. Then she told me what the after-party entertainment was going to consist of, which was a substance that was unfamiliar to me, and that I would be expected to partake in that substance. Now, I don't know where you guys stand on substances, and I respect wherever you do stand on substances. Frankly, it's not my business. We're even going to get into talking about it very soon on the podcast, both substance abuse and therapeutic substance use, healthier kinds of therapeutic substance use. I don't know how to talk politically correct when it comes to drugs. I just realized that. So wherever you stand... When it comes to drug use, just know that it wasn't something that I had ever used before, and it wasn't something that I was comfortable with, and I'm sorry, but 30 is too old to be pressured in a bathroom stall at some bar. I was so mad. I was shaking. She was so aggressive. It was like it was something I had to do that I had no intentions of doing. That was the first time that Daphne really hurt my heart. We didn't talk after that. 
I missed her after that night, but I had to stand my ground. I personally have never partaken of any substance that's not currently legal, and I was not about to start that night on the spot without, I don't know, thinking about it, researching, googling it, something. No one ever talks about how bad it hurts to lose your best friend, but Daphne talked about it. She hated me openly after that. She yelled at me if we ran into each other, out drinking wherever. She said things that made me cry instantly, and she showed no remorse whatsoever. But I can tell now that we were both just hurting. I had become so codependent on Daphne. She had shown me so much of the area we were living in. Her social status. I cannot even begin to describe. Everyone knew, loved, and respected Daphne. Or at least they seemed to. After that, some more parts of my life shifted. And after quite the downward spiral and complete destruction of my self-esteem, I got sober because there was nothing else for me to do. I had no other options, I felt like. It wasn't like an outward situation. It was very much an internal situation. I felt like there was nothing left inside of me and I had to get back out. Somewhere in between there, some friendships came and went. Some more relationships were thrown at me, and I was shunned for rejecting them. Ladies, seriously stop. It's ridiculous. Don't push each other. It's not okay. I began moving in silence. I had three other best gal pals that also reinforced my abandonment issues during this time, but frankly, in retrospect... I didn't miss them like I missed Daphne, even if there were codependent tendencies in the mix. At some point during my sobriety, I ran into her at a convenience store. It was so awkward. She said hi at the checkout, and I said hi back. A little bit of, hey, how have you been? Good, how are you? Good. It was nice seeing you. Yeah, you too. And then we walked out. Afterwards, she texted me and apologized for everything. She said that her love interest and her had decided to just be friends after everything. And she told me that she had also gained sobriety a couple of months ago, and she thought about me often too. Even now, when I think about that day, I can still feel it. I was so happy to just talk to her again. And then just like that, we were back. Only different, better, because we were sober. We went back to driving for hours. We took up drinking water, more water, all the water. We drank all the water. We would be designated drivers, and we would cheer other people on when they decided to get sober. We treated ourselves to lavish dinners since we weren't spending money getting all boozed up anymore. We got gym memberships to counteract 
the lavish dinners. And I didn't judge her or think anything of it when she had to use the breathalyzer to start her car or go to a mandatory AA meeting now and then. If anything, we kind of laughed about it, but looking back now, it's worth mentioning. I feel like I should have realized or seen the signs or something. Then it happened. I had asked her to show me new places, introduce me to new people, and convinced her to take me to one of her old stomping grounds. And that was when she ran back into someone that she wanted that was definitely not hers. Only this time he had a ring on it. I still sometimes struggle with that year. I struggle with whether or not I made the right choices or did the right things. Telling her to leave him alone. Telling her stop messaging him at all hours of the night. And stop telling me about late night phone calls. I don't want to know. I told her I, I couldn't hold her secrets. I have done a lot of things in my life and I'm not proud of any of them, but you can see the way I feel right on my face. I'm incapable of lying. I can't carry other people's lies for them into a room full of people and be expected to spend all night hanging out with them and being their designated driver and going on all these adventures with these people and just have some smile on my face when there's this huge secret in the room. I can't do that. I've never been able to do that. She also just wasn't there for me like she was before, which I realized had happened last time too. The relationship had shifted. Suddenly there was a curfew, like last time too. Every lavish dinner and karaoke night had to be photographed and sent via Snapchat or Messenger. Her phone was always in her hand. It was no longer the two of us on our adventures. And she was so damn blatant to me. And yet so damn secretive to everyone else. I know your best friend should hold your secrets for you, but it was something that always got to me. Her desperate need to save face. Her image was so important. And then also her AA image. She became consumed with the need to hold up her reputation, which in retrospect was probably always there. And I just didn't notice it. Eventually everything came to a head after a year of me pleading with her to stop, at least stop telling me. If you're not going to heed my warnings and you're just going to go ahead anyways, fine. But I don't feel comfortable hearing about it in detail. Very personal TMI details. So I just shut myself back in my bubble. 
I didn't know what else to do. And my bubble was my safe space. I stayed up all night playing guitar, knitting, crying, and wondering what I was doing wrong. Was it wrong of me? I mean, surely it wasn't wrong of me to not go to that after party all those years ago, but was it wrong of me to not be there cheering her on for breaking a marriage up? I'm not wrong, right? I realize now in retrospect how codependent we had become. I should not have relied on one human outside of myself for happiness or for adventures. I will never have another friend like I had Daphne. Now, she has cut all contact with me. I have no way of even reaching out to her if I want to. And she's just chased her dreams right off into the sunset. I hope she's happy. Sometimes I feel so much pessimism when I think about how cyclical her actions can be. I've seen some pictures in passing on social media of her drinking again. I've heard she's dropped all of her AA friends and doesn't even speak very highly of them. But I do hope that she's happy. I wish I could share things with her. I think that's the thing that I was missing the most over the holidays. I wanted to show her everything that I've built. I wanted to show her my progress with this office, this house, my own freaking house. Look at this office. It's gorgeous. Go look at it on Instagram. Seriously. If you don't have Instagram, message me. I'll just send you pictures. I wanted to tell her about the puppy. By the way, if you haven't heard about the puppy, she's on that episode from last season, Life Comes Full Circle. I don't remember which number it is, but the puppy is doing awesome. We took her to training and she did so freaking good. We're going to another training meetup actually tomorrow and I'm so excited about it. She's so freaking smart and cuddly and cute and I love her. I can't tell her about the man of my dreams and how he fell into my lap after years of solitude that damn near drove me insane. I was so alone. I started a podcast because I was alone for so long. This is pre-COVID, mind you. I want to remind everyone. I self-isolated in 2019, I think it was, way before lockdowns. And I had no one to FaceTime with. I wish I could show her that I found myself or something like that. I don't know what brought all this up, you guys, but this holiday season, I kept wondering what was Daphne up to? Do you have a Daphne? Did you two become what you thought was inseparable? Are you guys still inseparable? Or does it still hurt that you don't talk to them anymore? Even though it does still hurt for me, I'm 
comfortable with the boundaries that I've built. I know I've progressed so far in my own life and personal journey that I can't let the past creep back in. Nothing good would come from it. So I guess this is just another part of it. This is life. This is how life works. It's a journey. When we come across some people who mean more than others and in the constant flow that is life, they leave. They float away on their own current and we have no choice other than to be okay with that. There's always going to be some growing pains. When I was researching all those buzzwords, I dove a little bit into a person's sense of self. This is something I think a lot of us struggle with. Who the fuck are we? In the words of the movie I Heart Huckabees, which if you have not seen it, I Heart Huckabees is hilarious and inspiring all at the same time, and you need to go check it out. In the words of I Heart Huckabees, how am I not myself? During my research, I learned that self can be divided into three groups, self-image, self-esteem, and the ideal self. I do feel like this information is worth noting because in retrospect, more times than not, my codependent nature stemmed from not only my lack of self-esteem, but also my really uncertain self-image. I feel like we all kind of know that trauma can lead us down this path of constant survival mode, need for excitement, need for attention, and a tendency to just not look inward or figure out who we are as individuals. Anytime I think about this concept in my head, I just picture that episode of Gilmore Girls where Lorelai is sitting at the kitchen table eating a Pop-Tart and she's staring at it and she's thinking, do I like Pop-Tarts? I've always liked Pop-Tarts, but do I like Pop-Tarts just because my mother hates Pop-Tarts? <laughs> so me. I feel like I do that sometimes, all the time. Since we lack this self-image, we latch on to others who embody some form of some ideal self we invented, usually spontaneously. We come across some girl through a mutual friend with so much confidence or the most epic CD, DVD, comic collection, or she's in this perfect looking relationship. And we think, oh, if I could just be in a relationship like that, look at them, they're so happy. But there's no such thing as perfect. And no one can be the embodiment of your ideal self other than you. Wherever Daphne is, I hope she's working towards her own ideal self. I hope she found some happiness and is successful navigating her own normal. And I really hope that this version 
of this recording turns out a little bit more digestible than the last version was. I did not know how to make my thoughts more cohesive. I guess I'm just a little rusty. But I'm excited to get back into the swing of things. There's so much I'm ready to share with you guys. I have some guests lined up that are gonna be awesome and we're gonna be getting back in touch with some previous guests with some new things to talk about here pretty soon. Until then, I've been holding on to this song for a while now. Every time I shuffle through the catalog from our dear friend Frank, I pause on this one and listen to it and then I think, no, this episode is not right for this song, but I always pause on it. This one is called Last Trip to Southwold. Until next time, I love you guys, and don't forget, do something that scares you. Hey Jeannie, here we are again. We haven't been here since, oh God, I don't know when. Funny how the years roll by so fast. in memories of the past Hey Janie, nothing here has changed Tide keeps rolling in Rolling out again And the seagulls, they still fill the evening sky And the ships on the horizon Still fade slowly out of sight so long Where have all those years gone What happened to our perfect world When you were just my little girl Hey Janie, guess what's in my Says it's time to close the pier. Hey, 
Just my little girl. When you were just my little girl. 